0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy.
1: It says, The people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think to yourselves, or do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up, out of the water and at that moment heaven opened and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove and alighting on him and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased
0: for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that what we get next is just a, a bonus today. that we've heard the prayer and praises of your people who have been encouraged and lifted up. We know you hear us. We have watched two followers step and in through baptism a step of obedience. And now we get a chance to look at your word and to be reminded about our baptism. Maybe the one we had long, long ago or just today or the one coming in the future. And Lord, we ask ourselves as we think about our baptism Why did we do it? And what have we watched God do in our lives for those of us who have done that in the past? A time of reflection. A time of contemplation. An opportunity to step into your word and ask ourselves, where are you moving in our lives? And so today, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. It's so powerful. Thank you for your love and care. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated, and if you're a child, you can run, I think. Yeah, that's better. And if you're a parent, you can throw the tomatoes later. I always thought that running in a church was really cool. I'm sure it's not on the list of top 10 things your parents want you to do, but eh, it's church. It's probably right. That's why it's cool. Exactly, Ken, right? You liked running in church, didn't you? I still like running in church. Yeah. There's stairs. It's like an obstacle course. This church, if you don't know, you just can go. You go out that way, go up the steps. It's got to go up the steps through a narrow hall. If you take a right, you can go down through the basement come up and around. It's like an obstacle course. Try it sometimes. Maybe I'll show you sometime if you want to see it. So I need to know if everybody's been on a sugar high. Are we coming down? Our house, we ate way too much sugar. We decided, we decided this was a genius idea. We decided we are going to make cookies as a family. That was great. Here was the problem: everybody wanted a different cookie. You know what that means. And just so you know, some of the recipes are ridiculous. My grandmother's oatmeal raisin cookie recipe was tailored to fit this humongous uh, ceramic porcelain bowl we had. We've since broke it. But so the the just so for those of you who like to bake, it was like it's five and a quarter cups of uh, flour. That's just one thing of the recipe. So it makes, I think it makes 60 cookies like, you know, they're not, they're not wimpy cookies. Um, so that was just one recipe. <laughs> so we had a good time making cookies. And I got, I got the duty of uh, helping my granddaughter and my uh, great niece sit at the table and do cutout cookies, which is really like Play-Doh. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. We put the sprinkles on before we cooked them. So that made for a cool looking cookie. I don't think they're really edible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat them. <laughs> some of them fell on the floor. I don't know if the dog licked them and they got back on. I, I didn't want to know. What I did figure out is my oldest daughter, very responsible of her, she started making some actual real cookies so that the dough was disappearing faster because the, the dough was getting contaminated. <laughs> so we actually have a few cut out cookies and, and some of them look nice. I don't know if you're tired or a bit uh, worn, but that's okay too. I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited this morning. It was an exciting day. It's been an exciting day, uh, and God has been moving uh, in our uh, in our midst. And today we're going to talk just a little bit about baptism. And I want to I want you to think a minute um, about the time if you were baptized and have been. Uh, baptized, uh, when that was, uh, where that was, uh, how that was, and the decision that was made to get there. And uh, one of the things I like to focus on with people who are going to be baptized is I want them to really to think about why. And I always tell them, there's no magic in the water. Shane said, I think I could drink that water. You could. It's the same water that comes out of the water fountain. Right? It's the same... There's nothing magic about the water. It's not like I go in and sprinkle pixie dust on there before we go and go into the waters of baptism. Fortunately, today it was almost warm, so that was good. But the water, (laughs) what's that? (laughs) Miranda, yeah, well, I told her it was a Christmas, uh, I told her what happened was, usually we turn on Saturday morning, but it was Christmas and I forgot um, fortunately, I had this ba- I have, uh, an alarm in my phone, so by yesterday afternoon, I realized it, but I was at my in-laws. That was the safety alarm. Otherwise, it would have been really cold. Uh, so we did get it heated up, and we were good. We were all right. Miranda didn't want to stay and swim, but we were okay. <laughs> and so I don't know about, but about your baptism. I remember my baptism as a teenager. And that reminds me of all the things that God has done since then. And so for some of us, we were baptized at a very young age, or um, there are some of, uh, the, who were even actually um, baptized as babies, the Catholic uh, baptism of uh, sprinkling it as a child or as a baby. I'm not sure that Scripture totally... S- doesn't defend that plan, but the reality is this: is that some of us. That's our lived experience, and we that's where our baptism was. And so, and for some of us, we're holding out. Some of us were like, like, oh, you know, if I have to go there, I'm going to get wet. Right? I'm going to get my hair. Miranda's hair got wet. My hair got wet. Miranda, Shane, Shane got me wet. <laughs> for some of us, it's like I can't. I cannot get in front of people. They might look at me. They might think I'm funny. For some of us, it's, there's a bit of our, our uh, orneriness and uh, obstinance to say, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I'm there. And, and I would challenge you that the Scriptures, uh, especially uh, in the New Testament, shares there's, there's a lot of opportunities where uh, baptism came right at that moment of salvation. We don't do, so, do that as much today but, but we would see that in Scripture, where they would come to Christ and make a profession of salvation, and if that happened, we would, they would be baptized right then. And so I'm challenged by those who sit back and say, ah, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready. That is a challenge for me. Because Jesus was ready. And if we have made that decision to follow Him, you are ready. See, baptism isn't about being in front of the church. Some of you have done it at the lake in front of a, we had in front of the uh, the lifeguard in Northeast. Some of you have done it. Uh, there was a couple that did it at Finley Lake, and there was like ten people. Some of you have done it here. Some of you have done it at Judson. There are other places. It's not so much about what water you're using, but rather why you're being baptized. See, baptism is is a heart movement. It's a heart movement. It's, It's about making a decision to follow Jesus and be obedient. See, we're not good at obedience. If we're honest as humans... Well, we were talking about this Wednesday night. Why is it so hard to be unified? Why do we struggle so hard to be unified? Why can't we agree on anything, people? Not just just church, but in the world. You know why? Because we sin. We have sin, and and sin equals selfishness. And we don't want to sacrifice what we have in, in being selfless. And it causes us not to be unified. And so it's our sin nature, our very human nature that's inside of us that says, I don't want to do what I don't want to do. I used to say when I was in my 20s, I will never be in the military. You know why? Someone's going to boss me around and tell me what to do. I already have one. I don't need any more. And then I realized that that's just life and that's how it works, right? (laughs) And I had to lose my selfishness and become more selfless. And let's be honest, that's what baptism at its very heart is about. It's about coming to a faith uh, and understanding that we can't do this on our own. We can't make it. We will never solve the equation to heaven on our own. We need a Savior. We needed a Savior. We need a Savior. We will continue to need a Savior. It's about our heart. It's about understanding that we are full of sin. That we need a Savior, Jesus Christ, to come and rescue us. This passage, I don't know if you really paid attention to what was going on in this passage. Maybe you've read it a hundred times. Do you realize this is when Jesus gets baptized? By John the Baptist, you know that story, right? That's awkward and weird to me. And somewhat back backwards, don't you think? Does, that, does anybody, does that trigger anybody? Why does Jesus need to be baptized? He was following prophecy. He was following prophecy but... Setting an example, yeah. Brian, what was he doing? God's will, yeah. Uh, Ike? To fill all, right. to fill all right, that's the scripture, right? But but on the surface, it's backwards, is it not? We're talking about Jesus, the perfect guy who walks the earth. He'd gone, whatever, 30 some, probably about 30 years up until this point. And, and John even has a problem, does he not? John has a problem. He said, "This is backwards, don't? Isn't it that you should be baptizing me?" And Jesus says, "No." Well, John is the one getting baptized. I know, but 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 he's John is so like out of sorts that why is why is Jesus coming and I have to baptize him? I'm going to baptize him. Shouldn't he be baptizing me? It was. It says, I indeed, I baptize, this is John, I baptize you uh, with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And I want to talk just a little bit about what baptism, the symbolism of baptism is. As we stand in there, we stand in there in death. We get buried under the water. If you didn't notice, there wasn't any of them that wasn't dipped. They're all the way and coming back out reminds us of that resurrection. The resurrection that Jesus came out of the grave. He came out of death and came back to life for my heart. It's the movement of a of the heart. Baptism isn't about I got to do this in front of the church. I got a video it's about my heart has been moved in a direction and I want to be honest and follow God. And this is a step. And we know that baptism isn't a step to salvation. Right? And in, in in most verses or most people would use the scripture where Jesus is on the cross with the thief. And that thief comes to the point of salvation but he didn't get baptized on the cross. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. And so that's the verse we use to say that baptism isn't required for your salvation. But it's a good, big step towards your walk with Christ. The reality is it's important to your walk not to be taken lightly. And when Jesus tells John it's fitting to fulfill all righteousness. It's fitting for me to be baptized. Now what happens after Jesus gets baptized? Anybody know the rest of the story? Paul Harvey? Heaven right, heaven opens, the spirit. And what does Jesus start? He starts his ministry He starts doing the work that God had set apart for him eternity ago. It's a defining moment in Jesus' life. Did he come to do it as an example? I, I would say absolutely. Did he need it? Great question. It's God himself. God in the flesh. But what we do see is that it set him apart. It set him up for the ministry and started the clock. It started the clock ticking on his ministry, which would be three and a half plus years, somewhere in that area. It set things in motion when he went through baptism. Do you think it was important? Made scriptures, right? That seems like it's pretty important to me. I just wonder how important it is to us. Is it important? Or more important? Or really important? Eh important i know scriptures say it i'll do at some point when i when i feel want to feel a little uncomfortable about life or maybe when i turn the corner and i get a little older maybe when i settle down i get married have some kids that'll be that'll be a good reason to do it maybe when i get ready to retire and start my second vocation maybe i'll do ministry and maybe i'll do it then Maybe it's a little more important. Maybe God's been working on my heart. Maybe he's been tugging at me. Maybe someone else mentioned it. Maybe I watched two young people walk through the waters of baptism the day after Christmas. It becomes a little more important. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, at some point, it becomes really important. But see, it's not my decision to make. When we do the membership class, that's my favorite part of doing the membership class. We get to the end, you know what I tell everybody? I don't care what you do with it, it's on you. It's not me. I don't have to deal with it. I don't get an extra star. They don't give me a bonus if you're a member or not a member. Uh, You'll get an asterisk next to your name in a directory. That's pretty big. (laughs) Right? That's not why we have the membership class, by the way. (laughs) I like to mock it just a bit because I think it's funny, you know. The reality is, do you want to take a step with God? That's the important part. I don't care if you get baptized and you don't want to be a member. I could care less. I really, I really, I, I, my, my insides say, I, it's not about being a part of the club. Someone said that to me this week. It's not about being a part, you're right, it's not about being a part of the club. It's not the in crowd and the out crowd. But it is about a step of faith. It's about putting yourself out there and saying, God, here I am. Use me. Honestly, I think that's why people don't get baptized. They're torn. They're torn with the idea that oh, another level, right? I'm gonna have to level up at church. I used to be able to just sit in my pew. Hopefully, no one sat in it. I had to laugh on Christmas Eve, Kelly. Someone sat in your pew. The audacity, huh, Kelly? <laughs> They didn't know, Cal. It's okay. I, I explained to them afterwards, all right? <laughs> we'll be getting cellophane and a caution tape and go around Kelly's spot It. It's not about where we sit or how we sit or if we make it or if we don't make it. It's about our relationship to Jesus Christ. And that should give you pause to contemplate if baptism is an important part of your faith. Maybe you don't even have faith. That means we need to go back that to the first step. It's about a heart movement, about taking and asking Jesus into your heart, about making a change that's maybe a little less, less selfish and more selfless. It's about asking Jesus to come and make a difference in your life. And once we make that decision, then it is isn't a, a question of, am I going to let him set me apart? And if Jesus got baptized, I have to ask myself, am I better than him? If it was important to him to take that step as he began his ministry, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. He prepared to start his ministry God was opening the doors. They opened the heavens. Did he have to do it? I wasn't, I don't know. I don't understand that piece. But I know this it was important to my walk because it was important to Jesus' walk. And if there's one guy I'm going to look up to, And emulate the best I can. It's going to be Jesus. And maybe that's what we need to do as people. Maybe if our focus was pointed more on Jesus and not of the people of the world. Not of the things of the world. Not of the things that take up our time in the world. The things might start to turn around. I know this, it's important to our walk of faith. Finally, it opens up an opportunity. It opens up an opportunity in your life. This is what God says, and Brentley said it twice. Thank you, Brentley, for doing that. I appreciated that this morning. God was proud of His Son for stepping out and doing what He was asked to do. It says, who I love and I am well pleased. This is my Son. For some of us, we have never had anyone tell us we were much proud of them. they were much proud of us, I mean. God tells Jesus... I'm proud of you. This is my son. I apologize if you grew up in a place with parents who never told you how proud of them, of you they are. And I would like to believe, I would like to believe that that is the minority in the world. That maybe 1% or 2% of people have grown up and are now adults, might even have kids and grandkids, and no one has ever told them how proud of them they were. But let me tell you, from my life experience, from sitting in counseling sessions, from being on the phone, from hanging out with people, that I promise you this, it's not a small percentage. I have had people just absolutely lose it. Absolutely lose it. The tears start flowing. Their heart starts beating. They start to hyperventilate. Their emotions get the best of them when someone tells them that they're proud of them. And that tells me that there's a lot, there's way too often, and no one has ever said, I'm proud of you. Shane, I'm proud of you. Miranda, I'm proud of you. You took a big step. I'm more excited. I'm more excited to see where God's leading you. If you're not sure about baptism, watch those guys. See where God leads them. See what God does in their life. Think about the people who have been baptized before that. Chris and Shelley come to mind. They got baptized last summer. And there's a list of people who have been baptized over the years. I had this mile this morning. I was thinking about Mike Farrell. because always, Everybody always thinks, you know, I'm never going to get him out of the water. Well, Mike and I were in the lake. Mike's a big guy. Mike's taller than I am. And I said, well, Mike's feet were up out of the water. And I still got him back up. Mind you, barely. <laughs> I never tell him barely, Mike. <laughs> But I watch God work in these people's lives who have stepped out and have taken the gifts they were given. I don't know about you, but I'm about tired of opening gifts. We had a pile. And our granddaughter at three, that she's figured out what opening gifts is all about. It's not about what's in it. It doesn't really matter what's in it. It's about taking that paper. I think it's about winning the game of taking the paper off the the box, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, next one, next one. Then it's like, oh no, we're we're out of presents. Now we have to play with them. God has given you a gift. Shane and Miranda, God has given you a gift. I'm excited that we did it right after Christmas. I'm excited to hear Chris's praise that on Christmas, he had a good day in his health. That's a gift and a good reminder. God has a gift that sits out there, and he's like, take it, right? When we were at uh, Amy's family last night, it was last night, and so the poor kids, you know, they'd been all day waiting to open more presents. So we get there, and they're like, let's eat supper, and then they're saying, Well, why do you still have food on your plate? You need to finish this up because grandma says we can't open presents until you eat it. So we started this, this fun ritual. Get a little more food. And then the next person got a little more food. And then we said, Well, we're gonna have to clean up the floor and have to we'll probably have to shampoo the rug before we do presents. And and all the little kids are they're going, it's chaos, right? Because like we need to get to the presents. If only as believers in Christ. We would be like that with the presents God offers us. See, He offers a present, but if we don't open it, it doesn't mean anything. He gives us gifts, Peter says. Or Peter, Timothy, I'm sorry, misread it. He gives us gifts. And I can't wait to see the gifts. that God has for Shane and Miranda. I have seen the gifts that God has for some of you who have gone through baptism. And I have watched God continue to use you in and around your families, in this church, in this ministry, outside these four walls, in places that you go. This verse reminds me that our salvation is like a coal, an ember that after, you know, it sits in there and it's red, but there's no flame until we put what? A little oxygen, right? If you're a good Boy Scout, you know that. Put some put some sticks on there, and then what do you do? The best ones are the ones that swing by and <laughs> you got smoking. You're inhaling, right? But once we put some oxygen there and we fan fl- fan the flame, it be- or it becomes a flame. Timothy said, uh, Paul tells Timothy, you have a lot of gifts. I put them out in front of you, but you have to do something with them. God has them right there where you can use them. Oh, I know why I said Peter. This is why I said Peter. Use your God-given gifts to serve others. That, I, I wanted to share that with you because I think all too often we think these gifts we have are for me. If I can run fast, that's my gift. Well, I can take out the garbage and that's my gift. And we should gauge every gift we have by how will it serve other people? How will it glorify God in the service of other people? Because if your gift just brings in more money or gets you a nicer house or gets you a cooler car, whatever, right? Makes you a faster swimmer. If your gift makes you a better softball player, I don't care what your gift is. But if that gift isn't used to serve God, then it's being wasted. If you're an intellectual, whatever it is, that gift was given to you for one reason. To honor God in it and through it. If it fills your ego, it's it's confused. You're confused. You have gifts. Let God use them. Every time you get one of these, you get excited, do you not? You get it in the mail, and you open a card, and it says, you're invited. You're like, all right, where am I going now? Where's the party? especially in COVID, right? Because we haven't had that many parties and get-togethers have been a little harder. And so we're like, yeah! It doesn't work if you don't go. You can talk about baptism. You can talk about a step of salvation, faith. You can think about all those things in your life, and you think, How great will my life be if I just give it to God and let Him work in it? If I would walk through the waters of baptism and go through that act of obedience and let God do His work in my life, wouldn't that be great? And then we'll turn around and walk away from it. The invitation is open. I would love to sit and talk about baptism. I would love, more importantly, to sit and talk about salvation, about what that means in your life if you haven't experienced that in a real way. If you don't feel the hope of Christ in a real way, if life's feeling hopeless to you, there is a hope. And as we talked about on Christmas Eve, a light in the darkness. And you're invited. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the steps of faith. We thank you for your love. Jesus took this step by walking through the baptism waters. Obviously, he felt that it was important. Lord, for those of us who have, who can barely remember our baptisms, or those of us, Lord, who remember them but it's been a long time, encourage our faith as we continue to grow. Remind us why we walk through the waters of baptism. Lord, for those who haven't made that step yet, challenge their hearts to trust that you have a plan that's good for them. Encourage them. And Lord, allow us as a church to come alongside, to walk through with them. And Lord, I pray for Shane and Miranda this morning as you continue to walk with them in a very new and special way. I pray that you would open their eyes to the things they hadn't seen before. I pray, Lord, for their gifts that you would even now be continuing to encourage their hearts. And Lord, as a church, may we come alongside and find ways to be encouragers. In your name we pray. Amen.